Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. This is episode 429. It's our Friday Roundtable Show where we have a panel of WordPress gurus, experts, or just freaks that love WordPress. Uh, um, and we're going to have a bit of a binge, and we're going to discuss some other stories not totally related to WordPress, but should be interesting to our audience. We've got a great panel. We've got a guest. She's coming back, was a former co-host of my, of my interview show, and that's Kim Shivler. Kim, would you like to introduce yourself? Absolutely. Hi, I'm Kim Schivler. I'm a communications consultant. I help technical people communicate with non-technical audiences. That is true. Um, and we've got a new um, semi um, going to be on the show semi-regularly. That's Joe. Joe, would you like to introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, my name is Joe Casabona. I am a developer, educator, and podcaster in that order chronologically. And uh, I do a lot of front-end development, and I love WordPress. And I've got Adrian, my present co-host, that's doing a fantastic job in controlling me and uh, the logic of the show. I prefer to call it providing useful suggestions. <laughs> uh, hi, everyone. My name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog. We build sales and marketing tools for WordPress. He's been a great co-host, and he's strengthened the show tremendously. Um, Sally, Sally, would you like to introduce yourself? Certainly. My name is Sally Getch. I am the organizer of the East Bay WordPress Meetup in Oakland, California. And we are um, facing the need to come up with a backup topic uh, on Sunday because our uh, speaker is unfortunately ill. Um, but we still want you to show up because we always have a great time talking about WordPress. I've got my friend, John, John Locke. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm John. I do SEO for manufacturing companies. Yeah. yeah, there we go. All right, let's, let's go into it. Uh, oh, oh, no, 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 Jonathan. Um, I've got to mention one of my great sponsors. And um, and I've just had a total break. <laughs> let's go into well, but the Besides Adrian's company, who is... <laughs> it's, it's either Breezy or Kinsta. Breezy, sorry. There you thank go, you. Breezy Page. I apologize. I had a brain, I had a meltdown there. We made it. Yeah, we made it. I want to mention about Breezy.co. And what is Breezy? I think it's one of the most intuitive um, page builders on the market at the present moment. Now, let's face it, folks, that there's only about, there's about four in the running. But I think Breezy um, is one of the leaders. Um, it's got a fantastic UX design um, and how it works. And it's got some functionality to it that if you're a consultant or developer looking uh, at a page builder for your clients, you're going to be really interested in this product. So I suggest that you should go over to breezy.com, look what they've got to offer, buy it, and also tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic Show. I did do a bad job there, did I, listeners and viewers? I recovered, didn't I? Nice uh, um, save. Yes, thank you. Uh, um, so, on to the first story, and I can't... How do you pronounce the first Kagon? Kagon? Kyokan, I would say. God, what a name. Can confirm Kyogen. it's Kyogen. 
I'm going with Sally since she, her background is the classics. I have a feeling she can figure something Token like that out. blocks. The <laughs> well, I, th- I think this is probably Japanese or something, which I yeah. don't know. But but mm. phonetically, I would say Kiyokin. Kiyokin. Um, All right. Uh, blocks. The new Street Fighter inspires block collections. That's taking aim at page builders. Being that you, <clears throat> being that you could pronounce the name, Sally, what did you think of this? Uh, I think that if they're naming things after a, <clears throat> a game, they might run into some trademark issues. Uh, however, apart from that question, um, uh, it does seem uh, interesting that they're actually doing something that other uh, creators of block collections haven't and trying to say, all right, what kind of blocks has nobody else created before? Because we already have, all right, you know, here are five different choices for what your, um, you, you know, <clears throat> row, uh, column, layout type uh, block is like, or your container block is like, or your fancy heading block is is like, or or, you know, whatever and it's sort of like okay well what can we do that's a little bit different uh, so I like that idea and um, I think if this is I haven't tried it yet uh, I think it's one that I will want to check out and say what's uh, what's in there I, I I did find it amusing that in this interview he, he, he said you know if you've got an, if you've got an average knowledge of JavaScript and I, I like I think you are taking the average of the wrong group of people <laughs> <laughs> just a bloody bit just a bit so Kim what did you think of this mine was the same like when I first looked at it, I'm like oh god somebody else building some fancy blocks when he said that He's doing the things that it's not just another accordion, another version of X, Y, and Z. That made me interested. I still haven't had time to look at it. You just sent me the links yesterday. But, uh, you know, actually look at the product. But I I liked the concept based on that, just like Sally did. That's great. What about, what do you think, Joe? Well, um, you know, I think that we're going to see a lot of these kind of block collections emerge over the next couple of years or so. Uh, it's interesting that they're positioning themselves against page builders because I, I haven't used this, but in my experience, Gutenberg itself is not a page builder. It's a lot like saying, you know, I want to start an arena rock band in my apartment. Um, you can try your very best, but you're going to have a lot of limitations like noise ordinances. Um, so I'll, I'm interested to try it out, but I am very skeptical uh, at any block collection, any Gutenberg-based thing at this point that says we are the solution to page builders. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? What do you reckon, John? Yeah, it looks interesting. You know, I'll probably check it out. Um, definitely. I, I, I'm glad to see more uh, people... Uh, creating blocks for Gutenberg so there's a way forward uh, for the average user. So I think, it, uh, yeah, it looks interesting. I'll check it out. Yeah. So, um, what was she? Oh, Adrian. Sorry, Adrian. Bloody hell. All right. There we go. Unmuted. Uh, they offer a unique value proposition by. Uh, uh, Everybody's already echoed this. I mean, they do something that everybody else doesn't. So that's super cool. Uh, the nice thing that I like about the whole Gutenberg and the block collections is that since Gutenberg is agnostic, then that means you can have any variety of block collections installed at any given time. So you can have bears, you can have uh, co-blocks, atomic blocks. You can have them all installed 
at the same time and have you know access to all of their resources uh, immediately just from you know the search bar and the Gutenberg builder. So that offers a unique value proposition if you are looking to go totally like vanilla WordPress, but you want all of those extra blocks at all of these different companies. Unlike a page builder, you don't have to settle down with one. You can go through, you can essentially get all of the block collections that you want and add them to your site. So that's a unique value proposition uh, that it does offer at the moment if you're going full vanilla WordPress. Right, that's great. On to the next story. Uh, Uber vows to fight California legislation and go on the gig economy. And I think you placed this one, Joe, in our list of stories. What what did you like about this story? Yeah, I think that, so uh, just quick background, California uh, this week passed a law basically saying, um, basically putting restrictions on what you can consider people in the gig economy, maybe you have to consider them employees in certain instances. It feels like it, they target, uh, they specifically targeted um, Uber and Lyft and the like in these cases. Um, so in general, I I'm, I don't live in California. I I'm uh, I have certain political views that um, probably make it seem like I'm not very friendly to the gig economy. But uh, Uber's response this is to, typical, it's typical, isn't it? Yeah, Uber's response was super interesting because they basically said uh, we're not going to consider our drivers employees because. They are not integral to our business, which I think was very telling of the future of Uber and um, uh, Rideshare and other kind of delivery services, which is we don't plan on relying on people. Uh, we're going to have a fleet of autonomous cars very soon. Uh, that's going to decrease the cost and the overhead and the headache for us. So we're, we're not even going to comply with this law. We, uh, I assume that they're going to roll out their autonomous cars uh, before the fight over this legislation um, is concluded. Yeah, it might be. I think that they've been very optimistic there, but never mind. What do you reckon, Kim? Oh, I I couldn't read deeper into the article because I don't have a subscription to the Wall Street Journal. It cut me off. (laughs) But... um, but the concept, what I didn't get was, okay, so California is saying that these are employees and not 1099s. But everything I understand from my Uber drivers, because I use Uber and Lyft a lot, fits completely into the 1099, which is they can turn off their availability any freaking time they want. And that's the biggest thing if you look at the IRS rules, is who has control of the employee. Right. Well, the, 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 the employee... Change their state law. They've already California already has a stricter state law than the the federal definition in terms of who counts as an employee. Um, but can you do that? I, I mean, can I almost like, always pass stricter laws about stuff than than the federal government. But yes. doesn't that usually go to the Supreme Court and get overridden? Which is why some it, southern it, states it depends on what it is. The the existing California law about now. I mean, for your federal taxes, that may not make any difference, but for your state taxes, they can certainly... Ah, for the tax purposes, okay. Right, and and so, and for other things, I think about requiring benefits and and so on. And so, the the thing that seems to be changed here is not simply uh, the existing law about does the person have their own equipment their own can they set their own hours uh, that that kind of thing but this question of are you hiring them for something that is it, it, the main purpose of your business 
versus are you hiring somebody to like, you know, remodel your office uh, or, you know, set up your website, which is, you know, more of, of, of what we're dealing with, but your, your actual business is something else. And so it's, yes, it's, it's interesting that I uh, am, um, you know, Uber is trying to, to argue that basically, you know, get, giving rides is not our business or rather, you know, having people give rides is not our business. But until they don't have people to do it, um, yeah, I'm afraid that that argument is pretty specious. But that's but Uber. I, I think it's interesting. If you look at like something like Upwork or Fiverr, uh, like would they be subject to the same law, right? Because Upwork, the core of their business is not... Uh, whatever people who are hired on Upwork to do, right? The core of their business is to provide a way for freelancers to get gigs uh, from people who need the money. What if Uber could probably argue, well, I mean, we're not providing the rides. We are providing a mechanism for other people to provide rides. If, you, to if you've got them. good lawyers, they can argue pretty much anything <laughs> and, and they may or may not be successful at it. And as long as you have enough money uh, to make the lawsuit go on and on and on, uh, you can you can tie things up in, in court uh, for um, uh, for a long time. But, uh, you know, I, I uh, there was a survey the Freelancers Union put out uh, a couple of months ago uh, asking people about, you know, these type of laws. California is not the only state. Uh, and, you know, how, how do you as a freelancer feel about it? And is it likely to affect you? And it's kind of like, well, uh, no, it's not particularly likely to affect me because, you know, I have a business with a bunch of different clients and i mean that that's another thing that that trips people up if if you are their if you are somebody's only client yeah. you are much more likely to to be you know to have authorities come in and say uh, dude you are an employer you need to pay benefits for this person you need to pay you know payroll taxes you need to pay whatever um uh, so uh, you know, with things like uh, like Uber and Lyft, there might still be the question of well, how much of their income uh, is is coming from that, and and how much of it is coming from from something else? But um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a bad law because we've seen lots of situations where companies, and and frequently in California, where companies will lay off employees rehire them as contractors and, and basically, you know, make them do the same work for less money and, and no benefits. Well, that's, you know, <clears throat> that's the perfect example, but that you, you could pass the law to make that much more difficult. Um, I just thought, that, like what Joe said, I think Uber could have responded in a much more adult and um, a much better in, in their own defence than, than the way they chose to. But that, to me, it was typical Uber. Uh, it was, you know, it was, you know, they've always had that tendency in how they respond to criticism in this way. What do you reckon, um, Adrian? Uh, we have our own kind of like legislation up here in Canada about Uber and insurance and, and a whole bunch of stuff going on in terms of, you know, what they can and cannot do. Uh, I do have a response to what uh, uh, Joe or just a question to what Joe had said earlier, you know, because Upwork, which I use a lot, by the way, and if you don't use it, Upwork's a great service. Um you know, they we, they just provide a mechanism for freelancers to get in touch with clients and provide the service that they're very good at doing. If Uber was to make that argument, you know, then what what 
I might say in response was, but uh, at least on Upwork, freelancers have the opportunity to decide what their rate is, as well as what the requirements are. Uber does not provide that uh, that option to their freelancers. Everything is controlled except for essentially the pickup and, and drop-off process. Uh, they also, even control also, the route to do you pay the money extent. to Uber or do you pay the money to the driver? Because there's that yeah. question. There's too. also that question. So it, but it's the I, same for Upwork, isn't it? You pay the money to Upwork and then they put they it in an escrow, which is a, uh, they put it in gotcha. escrow, which is the big, the, the big difference. So they don't technically have the money. It's in a lawyer's bank account somewhere, <laughs> but, gotcha. and then it gets paid out to the freelancer and they take their, their uh, commission percentage is essentially how that works. But that, that would be like my one question. And in, in Canada, our employment laws are, are very uh, strict in that, you know, the, the independent freelancer uh, is widely thrown around in our own economy here in Toronto. Um, but if you were to go to an employment lawyer and say, hey, listen, I've been working on these hours for this company as a freelancer for X amount of like 10 years, right? And I've never received benefits or anything, but they just fired me. Can I do anything? And they're just going to say, absolutely, you can sue the hell out of them. Because even though your your contract says independent contractor or freelance or whatever, it won't hold up in court because the, the way that at least our laws are structured here is that if you operate on the same schedule for X amount of time, it doesn't matter what it says in your contract, you're still considered an employee. So at least if they were, if that fight were to be here, then then they then the government would probably win this fight. There I here I think that would be under that control of ours. And Sally, you pointed out a really big one that is here in the US and that is are they your only client? You know, like if you are, if I'm a contractor and I have 50, you know, I'm self-employed. I think most of you guys are self-employed. You've got 10, 20, 30 clients. That's different than if you're quote considered a contractor and you have, you're just being hired as a contractor by one person. So if you work for Uber and Lyft, then I guess you'd be exempt, huh? (laughs) I don't know. So Which could lead to a really interesting situation where where both each company was was encouraging the drivers to to drive for for the other company as well. <laughs> exactly, and 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 then we get to, you know up to the point of like Walmart offering their new employees applications for public assistance. Yeah, yeah well, we're not going there. Um, it just, it just sounds like I, well, you've got Walmart on the list of articles, well, well, you know. We can so go there. we can go there. They did. Um, it sounds nice like. Segue. A, it sounds like a feast for the lawyers. Um, I'm going to go on to the next story. Nope. Uh, Hold on. Uh, nope. 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 Oh well, I, 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 I was going to let you yeah. start with the next story, but now if you want to say something, go. No, ahead. I actually do have some thoughts on this, and this is the one story that I actually wanted to comment on, um, because as Sally said, what happens is a lot with with this type of law with the um, independent contractor. The things that that Uber has going for it is the people bring their own car, they bring their own insurance. Um, they can work for other people. Uh, but as, as Adrian said, they encourage uh, Lyft. You'll often see Uber and Lyft drivers. You'll see people with the same stickers on their car. I didn't realize that both those companies encourage you to go work for the other company. But in a way, that's... They don't. Uh, Sally was being that, Yeah, that was, that was my speculation is how they would avoid this kind of stuff. But. Well, if that is, then that's like collusion to keep people from being branded as employees. But I want to say something to you that you alluded to earlier, Sally, how a lot of people are um, their employees, but then they're terminated and then rehired as contractors. And I want to talk about this as like, it's more of erosion of workers' rights. It's been happening for about 30 years. Now, when I worked in 
the bakery, we used to deliver wedding cakes all the time. I delivered dozens of them myself, but we stopped doing that. Um, and the reason why is because if you're on the clock driving a car and you get in a wreck, and if you're hurt or if somebody else is hurt, the, who's at fault? The company's at fault, not you. But if you're an independent contractor, it's shifting all of that responsibility and all of that burden back onto you. So this is the thing that I don't like about the gig economy is instead of having delivery drivers for, for pizza or, or anything like that, how it used to be, now it's all being uh, shoveled off to DoorDash, uh, you know, grocery delivery used to be that there were drivers when I worked in, in the grocery stores and the internet was you know, fairly new, early 2000s. They had delivery services. Now it's all through Instacart. And this is a way for companies to circumvent having to, to be liable for employees on the clock. They shovel it off to you know, people like you and me with a car. And now all the burden and all the financial responsibility and insurance is all on us. It's a way for them to wash their hands and last thing too, like what you said, Sally. Uh, I saw this happen as well. I, I don't like how corporations manipulate uh, everything and, and put it all back on the people because it's like digitally aided feudalism. Uh, and uh, last case of this I saw was, you know, in the warehouses here in California, they had a central warehouse. It was a supplier uh, warehouse in Tracy, California. And there's a bunch of Teamster drivers there. And they all had, you know, 15, 20, however many years they all fired them all and uh, Safeway, basically, they uh, hired a second company and said, oh, this is the company that handles everything and you have to rehire and you start your seniority at zero if you want to do this. So one, we're going to screw you out of your pension. We're going to screw you out of all your tenure, all your vested time, but also all the responsibility is on this third party, which is actually just them, but it's just like another shell company as a way to avoid responsibility. This is the way it's been going, you know, pretty much since the eighties. So, you know, I, this is the one thing that I dislike about the gig economy. So. Fantastically said. <coughs> I agree with every word of it. Uh, um, but there we go. Um, on to the next story. Instant report. Misappropriation of word camp funds. Who was the one that posted this one in? Was it you, Joe? That might have been me, yeah. Yeah, so what's this about? This sad uh, story of... Yeah, uh, basically it was discovered um, that uh, a one of the organizers of a word camp, the, the, I don't think the word camp nor the organizer has been named, um, but this, this person was uh, essentially embezzling money away from uh, the word camp foundation. I think it was about $7,000. Um, and, uh, you know, once, once kind of the foundation figured it out, they launched an investigation. Uh, they, are, they have asked for the money to be uh, repaid. And if it is not repaid, they will work with the uh, local authorities. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I posted this because, first of all, it's the first time, I think, in the tenure of uh, the WordPress Foundation, the community team getting involved in actually helping organize and fund WordCamps. Um, but I just like the way that they, they handled it. Um, you know, uh, 
there's been a lot of discuss. Uh, well, I'll I'll let John make that point. Um, my main thought was just I thought it was interesting that it happened. I liked the way it was handled, um, and uh, I'm wondering how stuff like this will be prevented in the future. I'm also wondering if anybody's gotten away with it in the past. Like you know, seven thousand dollars. It's pretty greedy. That's uh, that's uh, if you're gonna go for stealing money from somebody, that's a quite a noticeable amount. So, not that I'm endorsing that. But I just thought... No, no, I never got that impression yeah. from Joe. Um, John, what did you think? You know, it's it's really interesting. Um, yeah, and they didn't name and they didn't prosecute or anything like that. They're giving them a chance to make restitution. Um, you know, I, and, and I don't know which word camp this is at. This could be literally anywhere and it could be literally anyone. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. You know, um, I hadn't really thought about it up until like this very minute, but, um, you know, and maybe it's cause you said embezzlement, you know, and it just triggered something in my mind. Um, you know, there's, there's people that go to jail and, and get felonies for embezzlement that are, uh, they, they embezzle a lot less and there's no chance to make restitution. So I just want to say that, that I think this highlights a need for some sort of government governance, <laughs> in the WordPress, um, you know, project and, you know, some sort of structure to how these meetups and WordCamps and all this money is changing hands is actually uh, controlled because it's a lot of money. It's a lot of people that, that are in, in charge of it. And it, to be quite honest, I'm surprised this hasn't come up before. Yeah. There was one case before several years ago where somebody, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but they, um, they said they were misappropriating and they just pulled their license. It wasn't $7,000. It wasn't such a big deal. And then one of the comments, there was kind of a reference back to that case. Oh, uh, right. That could be a felony. Yes. Well, what it was, was you're not allowed to make money off of it. And it had to do with who they hired, et cetera. You know, the thing that surprised me the most about this was if you're getting a grant, in my experience, when I got any type or worked with a company who had any type of grant, you already had to go back and list, you know, give them that list of expenses, where the money came from and where it went. And according to the article, they found out about this because somebody complained that it wasn't being done right. So if we're giving them a grant, shouldn't we already have all the receipts and all of this. And so there shouldn't be $7,000 just in thin air. And I mean, I haven't organized a, 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 a word camp, but yes, I mean, but some of, some of you have, and presumably understand, uh, depending on what part you work with, understand something a little bit more about what kind of reporting you, you do or don't have to do. But yes, it does seem a little surprising that it, you know, that it would take a while to, uh, to notice, but yeah, this discussion and the discussion about um, what happens if there's an issue with one of the community team deputies have kind of both come up at the same time. And um, so the community team is, is really thinking about, yeah, we need some, we need some guidelines about this. We need, and, and you know, Morton alluded to it last week, we, this is a, a an issue of, of governance where we don't want to be just deciding on a case-by-case basis. We, we need to have a policy in, in place about, you know, what happens and how do we decide and 
so on and and so forth. And uh, because even though, you know, it would appear that most people in the community are pretty honest, or at least that if they're seeking to do something dishonest, they they don't choose a a WordCamp as uh, the vehicle for it. Um, You know, there's going to be cases because we're humans. Yeah, I'll give you I a think- tip. I'll give you a tip, listeners and viewers. Um, I had a, a reasonably large business in the UK, and I used to have a bookkeeper. But every every quarter, I used to have in the US, it's called a CPA. In England, it's a chartered accountant. Every quarter, I used to have my chartered accountant check over the accounts. My bookkeeper, my bookkeeper, always hated the chartered accountant because she was always they were always trying to take over everything the chartered accountant did the chartered accountant hated the bookkeeper because they wanted to do all the bookkeeping and, and charge me a ton of money so they both hated one another so it balanced one <laughs> it balanced one <laughs> out and then we had somebody checking it's when you got one person controlling the financial checking and you just trust them you're you're going to be bitterly disappointed i just thought i'd give that as a tip that you need two people checking your because you tend not to do it yourself because it's not your strength but relying on one person to do it, it you're you're going to be bitterly disappointed at some stage. I just thought there, I, there's a reason that a lot of nonprofits require two signatures on checks. Um, but I found that system for twenty years worked quite well because they always hated one another because they were always competing against trying to get more services. So, <laughs> just, um, Adrian, got any thoughts about this? I'm I'm just going to agree with you. Uh, is is get two signatures on the ticket because um, I well I've never had a personal experience with uh, with that kind of situation personally. There have been several businesses that come in and out of our door over the years who have experienced extreme strife on account of the person in charge of financials taking advantage of the trust that was bestowed upon them to do their job. So I'm just, I'm just going to agree with you. It's like, if you can, uh, um, unless, you know, you are really good with your own numbers and you are that one person you entrust with making sure that your financial status remains uh, in the black, then great. If not, then having, having, having the two signature check is certainly the best way forward. There we go. We're going to go for our break, folks. And when we come back, we've got some other good stories. And we'll be back in a few moments. Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back. I think it's been a good show so far. My pronunciation has been as bad as ever. But I think we covered a broad spectrum of stories so far. But on we go, listeners and viewers. On to number four. WordPress page builders, do we really need them? I thought it was an interesting article. Who shall I select? Let's go with Sally. What did you... Oh, no, Adrian. Let's go for Adrian, sorry. Adrian, what did you think of this one? 
Yes, we do, uh, is what I'm going to say. Uh, I, I, I use Elementor and I really like it. Our sponsor is Brizzy uh, and they're a page builder. So yes, we need them uh, <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the sake of the person paying for this show. Uh, so yeah. They don't um, pay me that much. You just back <laughs> up. Just regrettably, but I do appreciate their support. It was very nice of them. Uh, so anyway, uh, in all seriousness, uh, Gutenberg is, is, is on its way. Uh, it's almost there. There's lots of development and there's a whole community like dead set on making it freaking awesome, which is great. Until then, uh, I'm going to stick with Elementor because I find it allows me to do a lot of things quickly. Uh, there's, there's a few, there's at least like five or six, like super big ones on the market now, including Brizzy Elementor. Uh, can I ask you a quick question, Adrian? Yeah, go for it. But you know, if Chris was here as well, and I'm going to ask that, you know, but you 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 own a plugin, so um, a service and a plugin. Um, has it not made the the whole building a successful plugin business a little even more complicated because you've got to integrate with all these leading page builders to some extent. To and some what- extent, yeah, it has been. Um, so, for example. Uh, we offer integrations for well Gutenberg A B Elementor is actually uh, comes installed. Uh, there's Divi uh, Thrive doesn't offer an open API to integrate anything with them, so there's not for right. them. And then we get a lot of complaints from people saying, "Why doesn't it integrate with Thrive?" And I'm like, "Well, they don't they don't let us." So that's a that's a little bit of a of a of a hip, hiccup, but. By providing, you know, all of those integrations, you're also just adding value for the end user. They have the tools that they like, uh, and they have the workflows that they enjoy working on. So we just, it's just, you know, we just have to, uh, and that's kind of just the state of doing business for uh, as a plugin for the WordPress community these days. Fortunately, most of our tools are completely backend, and the only really integrations that we require are the form builder and integrating with all of the different form solutions that exist for all of the different page builders. So that's essentially the only the only onus on us. So that's not that bad for. Chris uh, and other more front-end facing like LMS uh, yeah. plugins and stuff like that's a little bit more convoluted. Uh, Chris has gone really deep on into the deep end on the whole Gutenberg platform, which I think is awesome. Uh, yeah, and really, he's pushing this because he had a third party introduce uh, uh, the Elementor integration as yeah. well. Uh, so he, he's they, they've gone really deep into those two, which are well, Gutenberg's obviously comes pre-installed with all WordPress, and Elementor is at like three million active installations these days. So it only makes sense that they're going for kind of like the two big players or the or the two big builders at the moment uh, in terms of um, in terms of support. Um, but I think we do need them for the time being. It just makes everything, it makes getting up a website without any of the limitations that I'm sure Joe is going to talk about for, in terms of Gutenberg or what he already talked about. It removes a lot of those limitations and just makes it easier to kind of get up and running as quickly as possible, but also pretty cost effective. Yeah, I was going to move it over to Joe. Um, I was looking at a page builder, a third party, I think it's called Tyndall, Tidal, Tyndall. Yeah, it's a dating app, Jonathan. Um, <laughs> oh, well, I'll never get up too old for that. Uh, um, so, uh, uh, <laughs> I forgot what that is. I'll leave that to Adrian. Uh, um, so, <laughs> uh, um, sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> the dribble that comes out of my mouth, it's terrible. Joe, so I apologize. So, what did you think of all this? Well, uh, do, do I personally need a page builder? 
for no, a website. I, I don't. Well, I don't. For quick knock up, you might. Right. But do I need a car to drive to my parents' house? Technically, no. Uh, it will take me days to get there because there are three hours in a car. But um, a page builder helps me do important things faster so that I can focus on other important things. Um, you know, I mean, I'm really responding just to the headline, right? Because if you read the article, it's like pretty wishy-washy. It helps somebody. It like I think it actually helps somebody answer this question. Um, and it's not just like a clickbait, like, do we need them? It depends. Um, so uh, do we really need them? No. No, no but they are... I just, to, I just want to give you some um, insight is that there is some fault in this brain of mine occasionally. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a clickbait title, and I did read the article, and, I, and I, you're totally right. It's a little bit wishy-washy, but I just thought um, we, I was hoping to move the conversation because you've got Gutenberg, and it, to me, it's painfully going. Yeah. You know, the, the pace. And then you've got all these third parties. So you, 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 I have clients come to me, should I use Gutenberg or shouldn't I? Or should I use a page builder? My present position is you still use a page builder, use Animate or Beaver Builder. Mm. The Divi world is totally, a, it's enormous, but it's totally alien to me. I know hardly anything about the the, the world of Divi and I asked the CEO numerous times to come on the show and he constantly never he refused to don't even reply so um, I know nothing about it but it just seems a bit of a mess at the present moment what do you think uh, yeah I mean um, so there's a lot of stuff to choose from Gutenberg if you're looking for something to do uh, like what Beaver Builder Beaver Builder is my page builder of choice um, Beaver Builder or Elementor. If you're looking for something like that in Gutenberg, you're not going to get it. Uh, it's either going to take hours of handwritten code or using one of these page builders. So if you're looking for a fast, beautiful design, yeah, I think a page builder is is the way to go. Um, at least for the foreseeable future, right? 5.3 is going to start um, breaking down the walls of Gutenberg and only the content editor. But we'll see where that goes because... We don't know uh, who's at the helm. Well, uh, we don't know the kinds of decisions that are being made for the Gutenberg project. We don't know how long these phases are going to take. Phase one took forever, like three times as long as, as I think they wanted it to. Um, and as we put that into more areas of WordPress, it's going to increase the complexity. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Today, I think you still need a page builder if you want to do some cool things without writing a bunch of custom code. What do you think, Kim? You're, you're muted, Kim. You're muted, Kim. I'm muted. My cat, Peekaboo, is making a bunch of racket back here. My, there's a squirrel behind one of the um, hurricane shutters that are still up. All right. And my cat's going crazy. So if I muted, okay. it's because she's banging. I, I, I'm with exactly what Joe said. If you want to do fancy landing page layouts without a bunch of stuff, coding you got to have you got to have a page builder and i started out a beaver builder i now do beaver and elementor i think they're great i guess my first look at the article was do we even need the article more than do we need <laughs> <laughs> you know, how many times have i seen this article before Me too. Um, 
Yeah, but I just like, yeah, I totally agree with the panel, but I just, it's just the, um, the painful. And I think a lot of it to me is that, um, Matt, I, I don't know. I suppose I'm just weird, but I mostly find Gutenberg less painful than using yeah. the page builders. And, and the thing is with any of these tools, there is, a, a bit of a learning curve, right? You have to, if you, the, and the more options you have and things you can create, you know, the longer it takes to get to know which ones are which, which are, the, but, you know, I've built some very nice things using a Beaver Builder, and uh, 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 but it's, I don't use it enough to be really familiar. So it's just like, all right, which module was that again? Where does it, what is it? Where do I find it? How do I, how do I search through this? And there's a little, like, the you know, so the more things, and it's kind of like, well, how, you know, what have what have we set up to do? How elaborate should it be? For mm-hmm. an awful lot of what I need to do, there is already a sufficiency in in Gutenberg, and for some things, honest to God, it's faster for me to write the code. Um, and that's not true for everyone. I wouldn't want to say that, like, just because page builders are not my favorite thing, they shouldn't exist, um, because they let a lot of people do a lot of things and some people are just really happy to work with them the the, the way that they work. Uh, I use it as a rapid um into you know rapid production tool um we we're working with the client and sometimes the client we leave it because the client wants wants the freedom or, or sometimes we then transfer it and code it up um it just depends really sally but i do agree with you but i i i use beaver builder and elevator a bit like joe um and because i love i love the beaver build builder crew um they've been quite generous to me and i, and I like the elevator crowd um so it is what it is what do you reckon john Okay. So, you know, everybody has their own workflow. Um, and, and I'll call on not just my own experiences, but just my experiences uh, back in the day, subcontracting a couple of years ago. Uh, most of the agencies that, that I uh, did subcontracts for uh, from, you know, 2012 up until a couple of years ago, most of them used uh, a theme. And they would just child deem it. And especially if the budget was lower. Um, One shop that I I used to do a lot of work for, they would, they insisted like bespoke custom theme, like each time that was, uh, maybe that was like one of their selling points. I'm not sure. But um, I've seen other agencies like here around town. Some of them use uh, page builders. I know at least like one agency here, they do some pretty innovative stuff with Beaver Builder. But I, I think for me, whenever I, I come to a site, I, I'm always kind of like looking at it with the insider's eye. And, you know, uh, not all the time, but a lot of time I, I can say like, you know, that's a Genesis site or that's a Divi site. Um, but I've seen some people do some really innovative stuff with Divi. Not everybody, but, you know, I, I've seen it. I think it all comes down to whatever your workflow is, whether you're using Gutenberg, whether you're using Elementor or Beaver Builder, or whether you're writing bespoke code, it all comes down to how skillfully uh, you, can, you can implement both design and code to make it look l- like something unique or, or put your own flourish or your own style on it. 
not everybody can do that. Um, so, you know, page builders, it's, it's, I understand why people do it a lot. It's, it's to save time or to have a workflow that they can hand off to their clients and they can easily uh, make their own, you know, pages from there. Uh, but for some clients, that's, that's too much as well. So I think it all depends on, on you know, your comfortability with the workflow, the type of clients you have, the type of budgets that your, your projects have. Uh, you know, all those factors come into effect. So there's no really one right answer to this. It just depends on, on what's best for you and your client base. Yeah, I think you're spot on, John. I think that's a great insight because I, I think in this panel, um, and definitely in our listeners' views, there'll be such a spread of different client bases, different scenarios that the idea that you can impose one ideal solution is delusionary. I think I think what you just said, that's fantastic. Um, panel, I'm thinking of dropping Story 5 Walmart t- takes. For, I think it's a pretty weak story. I like to go on to Story six and then give us time for the panel recommendations. Is that okay with the panel? It seems to be. Um, so on to story six, Carol Onlinger joins WP and Up. And I think Sally, what did you think of this one, Sally? Because I think it was you. Right. Well, we'd, we'd uh, talked about Carol when she was um, yes. stepping down from, uh, I think it was WordCamp Europe because of... of uh, various issues she'd run into, and um, and I'm probably going to go to the uh, Europe next year. Actually, I'm going to go right. To the, uh, and so I thought that it was. It sounds much nicer than um, actually uh, WordCamp US. Actually, going to Portugal sounds a much nicer idea. Actually. So. <laughs> but uh, so I was just sort of pleased to see that you know. Um, Carol had, you know, been hired for something, and and uh, you know that this was this was good for her, but also that the um, organization that she joined is all about uh, kind of you know um, mental health support uh, within WordPress and that kind of um, you know and and, and encouraging self care and and the kinds of things that often uh, people don't get uh, or, you know, are afraid to ask for. Um, so uh, I think that's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good project that they hired her for. They're uh, doing some fundraising by, by riding 3,000 kilometers on their bicycles, which is like not something I can even begin to imagine. Um, but uh you know that arriving at uh, arriving for WordCamp 2020 Contributor Day, you know, to raise awareness of positive physical and mental health within the WordPress community, and uh, so I uh, I hope they are superlatively successful. Well, I think I, I think it, you know it's not a fantastic set. You know, remote working in front of a computer for hours. You, and if you don't want, you know, if you don't get out in the sunshine or do something, I think it can end up being a very unhealthy lifestyle. What do you reckon, Joe? As someone who's been getting into the sunshine and doing uh, more physical activity more often, I can totally vouch for that. Um, I hate running, but the elliptical has been my friend. Uh, 
And, and um, it, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just say this. I was in another WordPress Slack where um, I was talking, we were talking about kind of hobbies outside of WordPress and more than one person responded that they don't really have hobbies outside of their work. And that made me immensely sad. And I hope that doesn't sound smug, but um, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to find web development and programming as, as a hobby as well as work. But um, I have other interests too. You know, I love Disney. Um, I'm, I smoke cigars. I'm interested in a lot of other things. Naughty boy, Joe. I know it's very bad. I'm like, I'm a New York Italian. I, I don't think I have a choice, um, but I do. I like doing stuff away from the computer. Um, at the gym, it, it, dismays me to see people like texting while they're doing like presses. I don't get it. Uh, I don't even bring my phone to the gym. All of this is to say that I think that um, WP and up is doing something really fantastic. I love Carol. Um, We met, I think like a year or so ago, maybe two years ago now. And um, we like immediately became friends and she was very welcoming. And I'm really glad to see her. I never made it. She is super cool. Yeah. Uh, super cool, and I'm really happy for her. And I think that this is going to be um, a great partnership. Yeah, she seems a bit of a star. I never met the lady, but uh, I just get a good vibe from her. What do you reckon, Kim? I, I was to say I actually don't know her, and I wasn't there at the last discussion. But I was the same. I, I love the article, and I love the importance. And I'm all with Joe. I, I think the years in IT that I had spent, and knowing people that. That was everything they did. They worked all day long in IT and they went home and they did nothing else. You know, I have way too many other interests to just do one thing that would, I think, kill me. So I love that they're kind of shining that light on the bigger picture of of self-care that's important to all of us. Right, Adrian, admit it. Do you see any sunshine, or do are you? I, uh, I'm, I see uh, my fair, my fair share of sunshine. Uh, my, my other half, Canada as well, man, so man, mandates know. date night. Uh, so I actually, I, I get a enough, and I, so the way that we run our company, at least here, is we actually we we operate eight to four. Those are operational hours, Monday to Friday. I come in and it's like I have a job, even though this technically, you know, my company. But Drew, Drew Mitt and the rest of the team in here, you know, they come in and we have our mandated hours and then we go do whatever the hell else we want because we're not technically, we don't, we don't work remote. I have the office. People come in and, that, and that's how we decide to work because of all of the reasons of the state, you know, working remotely, I, I can't, you know, it's, uh, I can do it some days and uh, I do it sometimes, but most of the times I like coming into the office because I have a sense that I am separating my, my at-home life from my work life. I have that separation. Uh, so I, I find that that's nice. And I'm totally with, with Joe on the whole cigar thing. Uh, <laughs> Scotch and cigars is, is my favorite night. Um, but yeah, so, you know, congratulations to WP and up for just, you know, totally, you know, changing the perspective on, you know, remote work is the greatest thing since light cheese. It's not for a lot of people. And we need to, 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 even if your only hobby is coding and WordPress, you can still take that hobby outside of your house. You can go to the meetups, you can go to the WordCamps, you can, you can, you can still do the only thing that you really, really love to do. Just put it in a different context. And if you're feeling, you know, like, 
you're trapped inside the walls and you're not getting out and it's like Uber Eats and Netflix every day, then it's, you know, it's time to, to, to just change your, change your surroundings. Even if you're just doing the same thing, a change in surroundings could mean the world. Sounds good to me. What do you reckon, John? Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, I, I, I didn't know who Carol was until she was stepping down from, uh, you know, WordCamp Europe. Uh, but from what I can see, she's, you know, a, a prominent figure in there and it seems, you know, like she has a lot of personality. Um, I think it's there, good. There seems to be a lot going on in the European WordPress area. Yeah, I, I can't really speculate because I'm not too close to it. But yeah, there seems to be some stuff. Um, but yeah, WP and Up um, seems like they have a lot of people coming on board. Um, not super familiar with everything that they do. I know that they provide some uh, resources as as far as like written content on managing mental health and physical fitness and and different things like dealing with stress. So I think that's good. Uh, so you know, the more people who are aware of it and destigmatize some of these issues, I think that's better because I think it's uh, okay. Uh, for people to admit that they're, you know, either under stress or they have mental health issues or, you know, they just need help. I, I think that's totally fine. So I, I think the more prominent people that are on this project, the better. Yeah, I, I think so too. So let's go on to our recommendations of the week. Um, do place them into chat, please, panel. It really helps me with the show, get the show notes done quick. Um, I'm going to start with Relay That. It's a AppSumo offering. So if you go to AppSumo, you can get this particular package at a fantastic discount, um, which I did. Um, I coughed up $49. Um, and basically what Relay That does, you've got a client and you're doing the website, but they ask you to start knocking up graphics for all these um, social media properties and they all have different um, graphic ratios. Um, you can get your graphic designer to knock it up, but even for them, it's a pain. Um, so this tool, you can your graphic designer can or yourself can work with this tool and... It seems to, re I haven't used it in anger because I just bought it a couple of days ago, um, but I had a quick look at it and um, I'll be playing with it. It really helps you get all this, um, all these graphics, all these different social media properties done in a professional way. So I think that's quite good news. So um, let's start with Joe. Joe, you got anything you want to share with the listeners and viewers? Yeah. So uh, I'm recommending a similarly named thing, but it's very different. Uh, my favorite... Uh, podcasting network is Relay FM, Relay.FM. They have lots of really great shows on there. Uh, my favorite, I think, is Cortex with CGP Gray and Mike Hurley. Every uh, September, they raise money for St. Jude's. It's, um, in, at least here in the United States, it's uh, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Um, and one of the founders of Relay FM, uh, his son is a survivor. Um, so they're raising a ton of money for uh, St. Jude's and and I love the podcast network. I love what they're doing. Uh, a week from today on September 20th, they're doing like a six-hour pot live podcast-a-thon. Um, so if you're, you know, I'm, I'm spending a bunch of money this month on uh, the new Apple gear because I'm a shill and a sucker. Uh, so I, <laughs> I got the new phone. I got the new watch. Oh. Um, 
And I'm going to, uh, but on that same token, I'm going to take some of that money that I'm spending and I'm going to donate it to. So, so, so uh, your watch, do, does that come with a stand? The watch, does the watch come with the stand? It does not. <laughs> the, uh, the, you know, I'm not going to get that XDR monitor thing, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I just, I think it's a really great cause from, um, a, a, a network I respect. I'll put the link into the chat with you, Joe. Yep. Kim, got anything you want to recommend or push to the listeners and viewers? Well, I may be the last person to the party here, uh, but thanks to a, a project you and I, I helped you with earlier this year, Jonathan, I was exposed to uh, WP Fusion, and I don't do anything with my LMSs without it now. It has been able to tag, you know, based on LMS, what I'm doing with my online courses right into my CRM. And it's just been fantastic. And Jack, if you're listening, I owe you the review. I promise it will be coming. But it's just been, um, it's expanded so much from what just my regular LMS and my membership were allowing me to tag and get to my users and has just made it so much faster. Oh, it's a great product, and he sponsored the show. Hopefully, you will decide at some time to sponsor it again. I um, mean, he's a great guy, isn't he? He's wonderful. He's a it's a pleasure to work with. Um, but put it put it into chat so I don't. Forget. I did. All right, thanks, um, Adrian. Have you got anything you want to push or plug? Let's come across so, the radar. Uh, actually, so last week I made a re- recommendation for uh, using the the Facebook Business Messenger chat on your website. If you have live chat, uh, although I didn't really provide any sort of clear instruction on how to do that. Over the weekend, last weekend, I just decided, all right, well, I need a, a more effective way to communicate that. So I actually built a plugin, and it's currently in the WordPress repository. So if you have a Facebook business, if you have a Facebook business page, and you want to have a business chat on your website. I created a plugin. It's called WP Simple Chat. Uh, it's wpsimplechat.com, and you can go download it there. And it's a totally vanilla Gutenberg site if you're interested in looking at what that might look like uh, since you had the whole page builder conversation. But it's free. It's there. It works. Uh, you can uh, change the greeting message dependent on if users are logged in. If uh, you can change whether you want to show it if users are logged in, you can change the greeting message dependent on the posts that they're looking at. So if you have a landing page and you want to say, have questions about X product here, you can do that. And that's super cool. Uh, so a little bit of customizability there, a little bit different than the ones that are currently on offer in the repository. So that's a, that's a treat for you guys. If you're looking to have live chat from free from Facebook on your site. I just love it. I'll, I'll just not have a plug in and not put it in the depository, you know, on a whim. You know, I just, I just oh, Well, and it. it apparently got approved quite quickly too. Yeah. Did you manage that? Uh, well, uh, so I built, uh, I actually talked about this almost on the second, I think on the second live panel I was on, I was like, WordPress should have, uh, an extended core for plugins that allows kind of like the, the continual kind of like sameness in the back end. So admin pages look the same and options and all that stuff. So I built one and uh, I used that to build all of the admin UI and all of like the, the, the basic functionality. And I ported it from my current plugin Groundhog, uh, which has a lot of that stuff pre-built in there as well. So I built an extended core, which is all like pre-approved and stuff. So just, it was a matter of, Hey, listen, you know, uh, plug in name, plug in. And I, I got it almost, uh, approved immediately. There you go. I think that answered it. Sad. <laughs> well, make sure you got it into put it into chat, will you? Uh, I did. Right, so, right. Sally, got anything you want to? Yes, I would. With? I would like to recommend the Revision Path podcast. Um, it is an interview podcast that focuses on showcasing uh, the best black 
graphic designers, web designers, and web developers from all over the world, as uh, they describe themselves. Um, I had this kind of mini revelation a couple of weeks ago that if I actually cared about diversity, I should start following a wider range of people and and finding out more and and making connections and trying to, uh, you know, uh, making an effort. And so uh, this has been uh, fascinating to listen to. And uh, also kind of nice, just like, oh, yeah, all these, you know, these new people doing cool things that I never heard about. So they yeah. have, they have a lot of episodes. They do. They do. And, and it's like, okay. Well, I, for, one of the things I, it shows me is how possible it is to like, you know, exist in this general space for a long time and not see any of these people. <laughs> and that's not like such a good thing. Um, no. Have they got more episodes than me? Uh, I don't think so. You have a lot of episodes, but they have a they have a, a decent quantity of episodes. They're at two seventy five. Oh, they're just beginners. They're just beginners, <laughs> Sally. You know, I don't know how long I don't know how long they've been podcasting either. Uh, uh, but you you are uh, very consistent in in putting out those episodes every. Uh, I am. I've become the no. The, I think the A to Z of plugins is even. Their consistency. I have to have him. I've got the name of the of the host, the lead host. I'm going to have to have him, have him back John on overall. The, have him back on the show because he is the granddaddy, isn't he? Uh, um, so, John, got anything you want to share with the listeners of yours? Yeah, definitely. The guy you're thinking of on A to Z, that's John Overall. Yeah, he was, he was on like one of your early, early episodes. Fellow Canadian. Yes, yeah. he is. Yep. Victoria. He lives in Victoria. He does, he? yeah. But my recommendation uh, is, th- this is a YouTube channel that I recently came across, Mike Winnett, exposing the entrepreneurs. Uh, he, has oh, a, yeah. he has a <laughs> I, podcast. I gave you that. I gave you that. Oh, but anyway, like the, um, he has uh, one channel on here on his YouTube. It's... Uh, uh, not another dickhead with a podcast. Podcast. Is he, talking about, is he talking about me? I, I don't think so. It doesn't appear to be in iTunes, but you can find it on Spotify and iHeart and some of these other uh, ones as well. But yeah, go check it out. It's it's in, it's interesting. It's I'm going to ask you what what is the synopsis of this episode? Another dickhead that got a podcast. Uh, he like interviews different people. It's like more long form. Like the regular YouTube videos are, are shorter, but these are more like long form interviews uh, with different people. I think there's one episode in here where it's one of the people that he's interviewing is actually one of these entrepreneurs. And uh, it's, it's just interesting. But most of the time, it's like other people who are like, you know, uh, here's how the scams are run. Yeah, that, that was the episode I watched. You know, it, it, they yeah. are the cockroaches of e-learning. These people, aren't they? Really, um, they give e-learning a bad name. So, um, but he, he he goes through the process, and um, I'm going to be I'm going to sound very English snotty here, but I, hopefully the listeners and viewers have got to know me a bit. Um, it's, it seems. It seems almost that Americans have got some great strengths, but they just seem to be attracted to these type of con artists, aren't they? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because people have an inferiority complex, and we're very much like keeping up with the Joneses type of society where we're always comparing ourselves to one another. And, uh, you know, so being successful or seen as successful is like super important to uh, a lot of people. 
you know, and I bet I've been caught up in that too, you know, so. Oh, I suppose, I think we all have. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like the latest click funnel, um, Facebook advert. I'm not going to mention the person. They've got this individual that's hugely financially, seems to be financially hugely successful and on his private jet and he's knocking up his latest landing page to get these suckers into his funnel and sell them some impossible <laughs> dream which they will never be able to accomplish accomplish in a thousand years and he's just he's just saying you know get on to click funnel and do it and make brands and even more money it's, it's rather sickening but there we go That's the- well i gotta say it's easy to look successful when you're a big real estate developer i mean uh, well yeah th- this is i was i forget what where where i saw it but there was some discussion about how um you know uh a lot of people who were like pretending to be extremely rich had actually just temporarily rented, you know, cars or what or whatever. And, and I know Ty Lopez. Uh, yeah. The, uh, well, it's, I, I have friends of mine who now live in Las Vegas, but they used to, to live in Los Angeles and they're like, yeah, this is LA. People will like go to test drive a, an expensive sports car and like drive it up to some meeting with somebody to impress them. Yeah, yeah, it's also it's also an, an, an non-English, isn't it, Sally? Isn't it really? Isn't it? Uh, well, but, but yes. English. The self, all that self-aggrandizement is is very anti anti-English. It's just not, it's just not tasteful. But England, unfortunately, is becoming more like America, but a more Mickey Mouse one. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm ranting now. Let's end the show. Um, Joe, thanks for joining the panel. Hopefully, we we'll, we'll see you on a regular basis. Joe, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? You can find me uh, on the internet at casabona.org. I am Jay Casabona on most social networks, including Twitter. Uh, and my podcast is How I Built It. And I hope you enjoy your Apple devices that you splashed out on. Um, I certainly will. <laughs> Kim, um, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Kim uh, at Kim Shivler, or easy to find me, KimShivler.com. I've got to tell you, Kim, you put a, when you were saying your squ- squirrels were banging away, uh, rather that kind of put image into my mind. I, I just couldn't stop laughing, really, but there we go. Um, Adrian, <laughs> sorry, Adrian, um, how can people find out more about you? up <laughs> to? Uh, well, if you are looking for uh, marketing automation and CRM, but you don't really want to go for a software as a service solution because they're too expensive and you'd really like to just keep everything in WordPress, uh, then we provide a free plugin called Groundhog with two Gs that you can use to do all of that and more. You can go to Groundhog with two Gs.io to download our free plugin and start being able to collect contact information, send emails, start funnels and all of that good stuff directly from within your WordPress admin. And Sally, how can people find out more about you? What are you up to? I am at Sally Getch on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is where you find the pictures of the cats. And uh, you can find me at WBFangirl.com and at EastBayWP.com. And Sally's had problem at a, a health emergency in one of her cats, but it's much better. And um, soon, as soon as the cats appear on the show, my ratings go up. So I'm all for the cats. Uh, um, John, how can people find out more about you? What are you up to? Yeah, glad to, to hear that Kiki is doing better. Uh, but you can find me 
at my uh, site, lockdownseo.com. You can also check me daily making YouTube videos on SEO. Uh, it's channel John Locke SEO. You can also search hashtag lockdown SEO on the YouTubes. What episode count are you up to now? Uh, I think we're at like 424 or something like that. Oh, you're getting close to me, John. Getting close. (laughs) All right, thanks, listeners and viewers. We'll see you next week with another great panel and hopefully another great selection of stories. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.